What's up, guys? It's just me and uh, Joey here. We're doing sort of a, a spin-off episode, something a little different. Um, Sage is here, but we just figured this would be kind of fun. Uh, we all came to the mutual agreement. Yeah, you know, we were just hanging <laughs> out, and then we were like, we should just record an episode, because why not? Um, Joey, how do you... What, what's what's your what's your opinion on depression? <laughs> oh, what's, straight into what's, it, huh? <laughs> what's what's uh what's your stance on it? <laughs> uh, the way that I tend to view it is, in at least in my mind, is getting to a certain point, and there's just this fucking brick wall in front of you, and you know deep down that on the other side of that fucking wall, is a nice clear fucking path, but you got to break that wall down in order to get there. And taking it down. Some people can bust right through that. They know how to push through. And other people, they have to take it brick by brick. And some people never get past it. With with me, I am the brick by brick person. So I might get into a episode and I retract, socially at least. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to um, be that guy that's like, like you guys were talking about on the last episode, be that guy that's there and just kind of bringing the mood down for everybody. So then that, I don't want to ever make anybody feel like that. So for me, I have to figure my shit out first before I can actually show up and be present in the moment. And it may seem like an avoidance tactic, and that's because that it is. <laughs> right, right. It 100% is, but that's just the way that I've, I've always dealt with it. Um, well, do you, do, are you like... Do do you have depression or do you just like get depressed? I feel like everybody inherently like has depression at one point, some more than others, some right. severely more than others. I've dealt with it um, inside my own family. I mean, my sister, you know, like the stuff that she's been through and seeing the, the bipolar, uh, the BPD side of things and um, multi-personality disorder. I don't, I've never lived that specifically, but I, from seeing it from an outside perspective, I know that it's not just, you know, that there's something wrong 100% that this is not, this is not just like a, oh, pull yourself up by your fucking bootstraps type of deal. There's something going on up there. Right. Even though that I've never lived that, I do get bouts of depression, I guess, or down moments, but, right. okay. and it can come in way like it can be over dumb shit you know what i mean like it could be over work like i could have one bad day and it's like oh my god like i fucked this up or i i did that and then you know it could be over something super simple like that and sometimes for me when heavier stuff hits i don't know why um and maybe it's because i've dealt with it inside the family uh it's easier for me to navigate through the heavier stuff but when I feel like I'm not doing my best, I have to take a pause and step back from my social life, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it comes in waves for me. Um, it's not always on the same timeline. Like I could have a really good year or I could have a really good couple of months. I could have a really bad couple of months and I can have a really bad year. It just depends on what's going on. Every day is different. Yeah. It always changes. Some days you can be super down and I've had those days and then you wake up the next day and you're like, what the fuck was I worried about? And sometimes I just, you get over it, but sometimes you don't, it lingers. Right. 
Like you just you just continue on with your day and you're just like I'm I'm sad today and and that's just how it's going to be but like I'm going to keep doing the same things that I that I was planning on doing I'm just going to be sad while doing it right kind of thing yeah that that's like I so I I don't know for, like I I've been diagnosed with depression but I don't get depressed often like at all I I'm I'm generally a, a very positive person and you know, just, just, I, I feel good most of the time. And like Amanda, on the other hand, she suffers from like a, a very severe depression. I mean, she, it, it just comes and goes and, and hers is, is, is an actual real thing where just out of nowhere for no reason whatsoever, she's just depressed and it's really hard to get her out of that. And I like when she is having these episodes or she is feeling that way like i have no idea what to do about it i mean in reality there's really nothing i can do about it she just has to be sad and feel that and then when she's done then you know that that's all her because i i can't really do anything to assist that other than you know maybe like do something with her, spend time with her, whatever. But then we're still doing that thing. She's just sad while we're doing it, you know? Um, but I, even though that I've been diagnosed with it, um, I don't, I don't feel it very often. Like I, I don't get sad about a lot of things. I don't really care about a lot of things. Like I don't take life super seriously. And, um, I, I believe strongly that there's like a, a lot of situations that you encounter day to day. It's the most important thing is like how you consciously react to those situations and how like sometimes you, you don't need to let things bother you so much. And sometimes you don't have a choice. Like sometimes things just bother you and, and it seems like there's really nothing you can do about it. But I'm talking like, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic or something or, or pisses you off while you're driving somewhere. And then, then you actively choose to like let that anger you mm-hmm. and you react to it. And then you're like, fuck you. I'm going to cut you off. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then for the rest of the day, you're like, oh, fuck this guy. You know, like, but you have your checks and balances. Yeah. You've been diagnosed. You've done the work to address it. I feel like more like most people don't do that, including myself. Yeah. I've never gone to a therapist. I've never checked up on that aspect of my life. I just all have always dealt with it internally. And I, and it always doesn't work for everybody. You know, therapy may not work for one person and they may know how to deal with it on their own. And then vice versa. It just depends on the person. Yeah. It really varies from person to person. But if you find that fucking yin and yang of balance of like how to deal with it, if that, if that involves therapy or if that involves, um, some coping mechanism that you have that's healthy and productive and whatever it is, then I feel like definitely use that, keep that tool in the back of your mind and just keep pushing through it. But if you really, really need the help, like you said, when you're at your dead fucking end, you, you need that you need to go seek a professional or you need somebody that's really strong willed that can help you get through that without 
just the basic shit like you were saying last time of like it's gonna get better or you know just the basic responses yeah yeah see i I feel like for me i can for for the most part i can sort of choose my own destiny if you could say like you have your own avenues yeah well so it's it's kind of weird but I think on like the first or second episode I did on this podcast, I talked a little bit about my past and and my upbringing and how sort of like dodgy it was. Um, But when, when I was in high school, I had, I had really bad anger issues. Like I would go from zero to like blackout angry in, in like a split second. And, and I would also, I spent maybe, like a solid year of high school just crying like every day at school because I was just I was just sad. So you did mood swings like that. Yeah, and 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 then one day I was just like in class and I was like looking around and like how my emotions were affecting the people around me and, and then I just sort of decided like I'm just not going to do this anymore. Like I'm, I'm not going to let myself feel this way anymore. And from that point on, I, I really haven't like, I don't, I don't express my anger. I don't have those anger issues anymore. Um, I am pretty much for the most part, just like positive, happy. I, I look at the, the like bright side of things i'm more optimistic than pessimistic about most things um but you have to consciously make that choice to do that yeah yeah like something happens to me and then i have like you know five seconds to be like do i really care about this thing and then i'm like nah probably not and then you find the silver lining you try to find the silver lining. yeah yeah and and i i fully understand that like not everybody can do that or or not everybody knows they can do that or not everyone has you know, even attempted. Yeah. Even attempted See, to and, do that. And that's the thing, whether we know it or not consciously, like with our generation, cause how old are you now? 29. Okay. So I'm 30. So same, you know, millennial, whatever we were at that generation where it was like, when you were growing up, if you were a man and you showed any emotion besides anger, it was taken as weakness, right? You were a weak person unless it was anger. That was the only emotion that was acceptable yeah. as a man in the, you know, 90s and early 2000s like you're there to provide you're there to boys don't cry you know what i mean right that whole thing yeah can i chime in i'm sorry yeah sure i don't know who can hear me or what uh, (laughs) one of the things i recently was was privy to was um when when a man shows anger that means that you still get your point across and you still get the respect from it true that's our version of crying it is. Um, how true that is psychologically, zero idea. But I thought that I would share that. But we were taught any emotion past that was seen as a weakness. Right. In any in any in any situation. Right. You know, if you lost your head about uh, yeah, I got a fucking flat tire. I'm gonna be late to work. I'm pissed. Instead of, let me put aside my anger real quick and figure out the best solution on how to get this taken care of. Whether that be do I have a spare? No. I've got to call a towing company. Do I have uh oh fuck, I my my lug nut lock is I don't have it. It's not in my car. 
I'm going to have to find a tow instead of like, fuck shit. God damn it. Like in your car for about 20 fucking minutes until you finally call somebody for the help. And that's the hard, that's the hardest part to do is that actually, even if you know that you're the one going to be paying for it, um, indirectly by somebody you don't even know, like you're paying for a service, you're still like, they come out like, and then you're thinking in your head, oh, this guy probably thinks I'm a jackass because I don't have the proper equipment to take care of my own shit and like uh, fix it myself. I had to call somebody right. else to do it as a man. Right. And that's how we were taught. That's how, I mean, that's how I was brought up. Right. Yeah. See, like for me, you know, in, in a lot of situations, I say, is there anything I can do about it right now? Like, is this something that is within or out of my control? And, and if there is something I can do about it and it is in my control, then do that thing. And if not, then there's nothing you can do about it. So why let it bother you? And sometimes like, it takes years and sometimes it takes decades for certain people to figure out, figure that avenue out. Right. Because they're so used to doing the one thing, the one specific emotional response. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Like, I, I'm the kind of person who, like, if I need to cry, I'll just cry. I don't care where I am, who I'm with, in what situation. Like, there's no, I'm just, everybody cries. I'm just expressing an emotion. That's how I'm feeling. It, it's one of those uncontrollable things, like laughter. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you cry. It, it's a thing that happens. And, you know, I, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. I, I don't think that, I don't think anything. I just think that that's just what people do and, and if I, I feel like doing it then i still struggle i'm with gonna it. do it i struggle with know? doing that letting that emotion come out like that specific emotion like i'll get there's certain media that i watch like movies and stuff like that that will strike a nerve dude disney movies are the fucking worst uh, dude, up was difficult that all uh, so up, many of them the, i just the sob. first five minutes of up dude i was in the theater and i was like but my first response was don't fucking cry. Stop being a bitch. That's crazy. Like, don't. But this was years ago. Right. But that was my response was, stop. The, no. <coughs> Go away. Go away. No, 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 no. We're not doing this right now. That was my genuine response at that time. But I could feel it coming up. You know when you could fucking feel it? Right, right. It's like when you when you have a sore throat and you're like, oh, man, I think, I, I think, it's, I think I'm getting sick. Like, it's coming. It's the same exact type of thing. But when you're sick you know what's like you get those feelings and you're like you get a sign and you're like oh it's coming this is what it is i'm just gonna have to power through it but when it comes to an emotional response like that especially if it's anything besides anger or sternness or whatever you try to stifle that immediately at least i did right well and see that the only thing that i do that with now is the anger like it's still there i just don't release it i just don't express it i i play the scenario through in my head i do all of the violent things i want to be doing and and then as i'm doing that i realize that all of the things that i would like to be doing right now are so blown out of proportion and are so unnecessary for the thing that just happened to me it's not even a necessary that it's response. not worth it no because i i used to be very violent as a teenager like I, I would, someone would trigger me and then I would just hurt them. And, and then I, I, I would, after I did it, I would feel so sad about it because I'm like, holy shit. Like 
I just beat the shit out of this person for like saying something to me and, and how that's just so not appropriate and that's just so not fair. And, and like, what, what am I really accomplishing by it? Like you said something to me, I beat your ass and now, now what I'm, I'm the bigger person. Yeah, and that's the, I'm, I'm better. That's the whole like, sticks and stones may be, may break my bones, you know, saying that we had back in the day too. But at yeah. the same time, if you're, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. If you don't react with anger, you're a pussy. That's how it was thought of. Right. Right. Like, so it's like, okay, you're telling me to be civil, but at the same time, no emotion and to have both you have to have or to be both you they have they coincide and they intersect at many points in your life right and if you just react with one certain emotion it's you're never going to really accomplish anything or get a common ground in anything yeah any conversation any dispute whatever it may be there's going to be no um what's that word it starts with a c fuck um uh, I can't think of it right now. Compromise. There's going to be no compromise. You're not going to learn how to compromise in certain situations. Right. In the benefit of everybody in the party. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, part of me as a whole, I just, I, I'm, I'm impulsive. I say things as they come up. I, I make a split decision where it's like, if, if I, if the thought pops up in my head, like, do I say this or not? I, I give myself like three seconds. And then if I don't say it, then, then I don't say it. Like if I don't say it within that time period, it's not gonna then happen. it just doesn't happen. And you're running but, through like 18 scenarios on responses in your fucking head at the yeah, same time. Yeah. Like and, how can this conversation go? And so, so when people used to, when I used to get triggered, I would just unleash. And, and if it, and if it wasn't physical, it was just verbal, like just, but sometimes it was appropriate, like when somebody talks down to me, which is like one of my only pet peeves is when people talk down to me or treat me like I'm less of a person than them or like tell me to do things. And anger is not always a inappropriate reaction to something. Right. But exactly. It's just balancing out, finding when it is appropriate and not overusing one emotion. Yeah. But when I'm like, I'm pissed and I feel like hurting you, I, I'm not going to, or, or even if I know that if this, I know that I have the ability to destroy somebody emotionally with yeah, my words, self-control not to. Yeah. And, and, and now I, I have the control to where I just don't let it out of my body because from what happened to me, the situation, they don't deserve that. And, and I know that, and, and it's not going to benefit anything. Right. Um, sometimes it, it is deserved or in my mind it's deserved where like, if you say something to me, okay, well like now it's my turn. So get ready. Um, but I just, I just really, I, I, I keep it in and then I, I replay this stuff over and over again. And then, then I get over it. Right. Cause I already did it inside of my head, uh, the chaos, the violence, the whatever. And I was talking to my therapist about that one time. Cause she, she was like, she couldn't understand how somebody can hold that stuff in. 
like not release it because anger is one of those things where like you just kind of when you get angry you you just let it out i mean people just do that and it's a boiling emotion yeah and and so i was telling her like the same thing and she said that i i shouldn't do that but i should i should instead let it out slowly and just like basically control the level that I let out the anger instead of not expressing it at all. I should just let it out in small doses because she said one day all that built up stuff is you're just going to break. Like yeah, you're going to snap. That's how people snap. Yeah, it's a bottling tactic. And and I was like, well, I've been doing this for probably about 15 years now and I can't just let out a little it's that that's not how i operate it's either none or all like in my head it's either you get all of it or you get none of it there's no and, in between yeah so so normally when it, when i'm put in a situation where i'm fucking heated i just avoid the situation because i'm like i'm not going to talk i'm not going to act i'm going to remove myself from the situation because i don't know how to resolve this without being an asshole and that's the thing about anger is in my opinion it's the hardest one to deal with because it's an amalgamation of all your other emotions into one fucking ball you can be angry at somebody that you love you know what i mean there's love in there but you're fucking pissed you're heated right. for whatever reason it could be but you still love that person you know what i mean yeah it could be a deflection tactic because you're anxious about something and uh, you're trying to redirect by using anger. Yeah. So all those emotions intertwine. And in my opinion, I think anger is a conglomeration of many different emotions, depending on the situation. Right. It's not just I'm mad. It's like, oh, I'm sad about this. I'm anxious about that. And it just kind of builds and builds and builds. People fucking snap. You know, you see it all the time. People fucking shoot up schools. Yeah. People are fucking pissed. They can't accept themselves. They're antisocial. Just all kinds of things. And that anger builds. It's out of anxiety. It's out of um, being an outcast. It could be a number of things. That or just a, a form of, like, psychosis. Yeah. You know, m most of the people who go on murdering sprees or, like, serial killers and stuff, like... Yeah, some of those people are genuinely fucking psychotic. Right, right. But a lot, most of pe most of those people like that, like, I'm not talking about the Jeffrey Dahmers or anything. I'm talking about these people that just, all of a one day, they just fucking snap. Um, I listened to this podcast about this guy that was a construction worker. He fucking snapped one day. He loved his wife. He was providing for his wife and his kids. His wife was cheating on him, and his construction buddies knew about it, and they always gave him shit because that's what you do in that fucking blue collar world. You just, if you can find somebody's pet peeve and you know how to get a reaction out of it, I've seen it. Right. I've seen people do it all the time. You see, you get a reaction out of somebody, somebody said the wrong fucking thing. And then all of a sudden there was a hammer in the back of that dude's head. And the guy sat down on the, this was a, this was a real thing. I don't remember where and when, but this dude snapped on a job because this guy kept fucking hitting deep, deeper and deeper and deeper into those tapped emotions. And he had love for this chick, even though she was uh, cheating on him. You know, that's the wife of his children. 
he just fucking snapped and all that anger was let out off of a few sentences and he killed somebody ruined kill he took somebody's life ruined his life now his child is growing up without a fucking father and his you know his wife is moving on and he's right. in prison for the rest of his life because of he just snapped and he didn't he couldn't deal with the turmoil of the situation and then when people are fucking in your ear like that people just fucking snap but yeah some people are genuinely psychotic and right. some people relish in the anger yeah yeah i i uh that that's that's sort of why i've focused so hard early on to get control over this anger issue that I had um, because I don't know I I, I saw so I, I get, I've never met my dad but from what I've heard he's like an abusive alcoholic piece of shit and, uh, and, and, and I think that I just I just naturally got that from from him and but also just my my upbringing your upbringing is so important into like what you become later on and my upbringing was filled with physical and verbal arguments yelling my every person that my mom dated was just either physically or verbally abusive and, and as a kid, you're seeing this. And, and then so when something happens to you, like you get yelled at by somebody, you yell back or you think that that's what you're supposed to response. do. Um, or you're like, you pissed me off. Now I'm going to hurt you. And and I had that eye for an eye. Like I had that constantly growing up with my mom. She was with different people and they were all the exact same type of person. Um, and so... I think that all of that is what contributed to my violent outbreaks when I was younger, but I I don't know. I don't know how or why I just, one day I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I, I'm, I'm going, I just don't like it. I, I don't like that this happens to me and then there has to be something you can do about it. And for me, as weird as it sounds, I just decided that I no longer wanted to do that. And then I haven't since. Like, I just I just decided, like, this isn't the person I want to be, so I'm not going to be. And you actively chose that. Uh, and then path. I just then I just stuck with it. You actively chose that path to get off of it. Because yeah. you knew it was becoming a fucking cycle of anger and fucking just flipping a switch like that over the probably the smallest shit too super small stuff the most any inconvenience some people can just fucking lose their shit doesn't matter what it is yeah and i get that my father i don't think i've ever talked to you about my father before have i my not, biological father not a whole lot so my biological father uh he was first generation mexican in the united states so he was born in the united states i'm second and he um he was with my mom my mom was really young and she's like she told me you know i loved your father like we were in love and then he found out that uh she got pregnant with me in 93 and then the way that he dealt with the situation was heroin 
It was an like immediate response to disassociate. It's a good choice. Yeah. (laughs) So it just, and he was a very angry person. He's not anymore. Um, not that I know of anymore. He's very, he's clean now. He's in a passive transient mode in his life. We're not really connected, but we do talk from time to time. But from what I remember, he was a very, he could flip a switch like that. He found out, uh, one of his sisters was, uh, was dating one of his friends in school. She showed up one day to pick something up or do something. As soon as, as soon as, uh, he saw her face, like he had found out that day, as soon as he saw her face, decked her, knocked her out on the front fucking porch, went to prison. His own sister, just immediate anger response at anything. And that cycle continues generationally until it's fucking broken until you can actually break it and like raise your own and show them, Hey, this is, you know, and I don't have any kids myself, so I can't speak for it, but I got through my anger issues in my own way because I do get angry. All of us do. It's a natural human response. Right. And it is, uh, I think, I believe it's a necessary one, but it's not necessary in every fucking situation that you find yourself or, in. Or, or in, in excess. In excess. You know. You have to learn when it's appropriate because it's, sometimes it is a fucking appropriate. Right, right. hundred There are some crazy fucks out there and you have to be vigilant, but at the same time, you can't be so closed off and be an asshole to everybody around you because you don't want to take the chance to possibly get hurt mentally right you don't want to get pushed around but you don't want to be a dick yeah exactly yeah (laughs) and finding that sweet spot is difficult it's hard but um and it takes years to find out how to do that it's just and it varies from person to person yeah everybody's everybody's emotional response is completely different some people are naturally born with that will to just navigate through their emotions like like fucking water and some people are like a fucking brick stone falling in water (laughs) yeah how are you going to chisel yourself to get out of that or how are you going to bring yourself back up or to a certain place that you need to be and whether that's through like i said earlier therapy or coping mechanisms and things that you learn about yourself um and things that you can do that apply to your emotions and how to navigate through that fucking use it if it's healthy right do it there's right. certain outlets that are healthy and there's other outlets that work that are not so healthy. It just depends on what you choose to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, referencing high school isn't, isn't a, a very great thing. Well, no, that, well, I, I don't, I disagree because I think that is a very pivotal point in a lot of, in everybody's life, whether they're male or female. Right. I can only look, I can only tell you through the male experience. I don't know how it was for females in high school, but it knew it wasn't you. You knew the difference once you stepped on campus as a freshman, as composed when you were into when you were in eighth grade in middle right. school, junior high, it was like, Oh, you know, I'm still a kid. Then you get to high school and it's like, Holy shit, this is it. I got four years left and then I'm a fucking adult. And it's like, you need to figure out what you need, want to do now. You get hit with all these brand new things. Oh, like figure out like who you are. Yeah. And then you you're, know? and then you have things that develop like your sexuality. You have things that develop like your work ethic. Some people get jobs in high school. Some people don't. So everything in high school is kind of a new platform for people to learn about themselves 
and everybody's doing that at the same time at their own pace, it's really hard to figure out who's the right people, who are the right people to be around during that time because you're in such a um, malleable fucking form as a as a teenager. You're hitting fucking puberty, you know. You got to find a job. Uh, you're learning how to drive. You're learning more real world skills, even though you may not realize it. Um, you're learning how to network with people. Right. You know, I've gotten people that were in high school jobs or I you know, just stuff like that, that you would have never thought about in your previous years in school, in right. primary school or whatever it may be. Well, so, like during the time, I mean, you, you don't really know any of this. No, you don't think no. about it. It's happening to you. You just don't. Most people don't see it. Yeah. Some people do. Some people are like set on valedictorian status. Like I know what I'm doing. Right. Like I'm going here and this is my plan. Other people, myself included, had no fucking idea what I was doing. I was going through the motions. Uh, my mom and my stepfather got a divorce in, when I was in eighth grade. So I stepped into freshman year going through a divorce, our family, and uh, navigating through that as well as building relationships in school um, and where the grades really mattered to get into a fucking into college. And it was difficult. <laughs> Did... I'm going to go left field here. You're good. Um, when your, your dad in eighth grade, that was, that's your dad, my stepfather, your stepfather that's, is that's the one. Shot, that's my sister's father. Yeah. When, when did your mom and your dad split my mom and my real father? Yeah. Before I was even born. Before you were born. Yeah. He was in prison okay. before I was even, there's a picture, his first picture. So there, he had me, um, his first picture with me was in prison. She brought me to prison. Wow. And I was born while he was in prison for domestic abuse. Right. But there is a picture of him in his fucking orange jumpsuit in L.A. County fucking penitentiary. And he's holding me as a baby. I'm like not even one years old yet. And wow. that was the first picture that we ever had as father and son. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Do you have a relationship with him now? Uh, vaguely. Like, well, I wouldn't. Vague is not a. It is vague. It's. Or like this, it's distant. Like not a, not a relationship, but like, are you? We're on terms. We're not on good or bad terms. I'd say it's more neutral, right? At this point, we talk sometimes, but it's not constant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like two or three times every couple of months, if that. But um, when my stepfather stepped in military, he's the one that kind of got me back on track. Um, cause I didn't have a male figure in my life up until the point up until the year 2000. That's when my mom got with Alex and they got married, I think in Oh three or Oh two, uh, one or the other, but it was Oh two because then my mom got pregnant and she had my, me and my sister are 10 years apart. My sister was born in Oh three. So they got married in Oh two and then had my sister and then, yeah, but he's the one that kind of stepped in and he did the best that he could. What, um, how, how did, how did the divorce affect you? Like, cause I, I hear that a lot where, where, where people say that when their parents are going through a divorce or even, even like it just gets referenced, like the, the children's themselves don't always say it, but like working with like the younger kids 
we're like, why, why are you acting different? And then we, you know, we hear that their parents are going through a divorce and, and that's like a, what's affecting them. But for me, and, and you hear it so often that like my parents got divorced and like, that's like a huge thing. And now it's like a part of my life and upbringing and it was hard and all this stuff. And, and for me, like my dad was also out of the picture before I, well, my family tells me that he was around every so often when I was younger, but I don't believe that we ever met and I don't, I don't remember. Um, and then my mom got married several more times after that, but, and, and they got divorced, but I never, I never gave a fuck at all like about my, it. So in my experience, I was 15 when they got divorced. So I was at that age where it was like, you, you pick up on things. You're not really, you're still a child, but you're at that age where it's kind of like you take notice of certain things. I remember clearly the day, like the early days when he stepped into our lives, me and my mom's, and then they got married, you know, the whole nine yards and they were together. My mom's only been married once to him. She was not married to my father. Oh No, they had me out of wedlock. But, um, so he was the first male figure, strong figure that was in my life consistently. And that was at the age of about 10, uh, no, actually earlier, about eight or nine to the age of 15. So in that chunk of time, as a preteen, is when I learned discipline from him, because um, he really did step in. But when they got divorced, it was during the financial crisis of 2008. And I didn't really know the whole story about all that, but... Um, he had also been deployed twice to Afghanistan, so this divorce was a little different. There was a lot of alcohol involved. There was a lot of depression involved due to his psyche and the way that um, the government handles mental illness at that time. Right. It was rarely spoken about. You think about how Vietnam vets were treated. But it was like, fuck it. Like, you're out now. Like, go do whatever. We're done. Right. And they Good saw, some, they saw yeah. some horrific shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at the time as a kid, I didn't, I didn't really understand that aspect of it. But as I got older, I was like, I kind of, and then especially joining the Marine Corps, I was like, okay, I kind of get probably what the fuck he was going through because then I saw it in other people as well. The same kind of tendencies and, um, binging and, uh, all that type of stuff. Cause I did it too. Um, so that did really affect me. And then especially it leading into the year that I was going into high school is right when they got divorced. So I clearly remember like that specific couple of years, like transitioning from junior high to high school and then having to figure out what the fuck I was going to do with my life. And now that my male role model was gone out of the picture and my mom was trying, we're back to square one, one trying to figure out what the fuck we're doing and trying to sur in survival mode basically at this point those years in between were really stable. And then all of a sudden it wasn't again, but I was just at a different age in my life. So I really clearly remember that, um, period in my life. And it did have a huge effect. I didn't give a fuck in ninth grade or 10th grade about school D's and F's. I just, it wasn't that I was drinking or smoking weed. I didn't touch anything. I was completely sober. I just really didn't give a shit about anything hmm. i just showed up to school went home and fucking did whatever and then same thing all over the, again the next day 
and I got into that cycle for two years. And then it wasn't until junior high school that, or uh, I was a junior in high school that I was like, I'm going to fucking, I'm not going to graduate. I don't have to get my GED. So then I really picked up, I had to get over that depression over the period of like those two to three years in order to pick myself up and make sure that I was going to be good, at least get my high school degree. You know what I mean? And I did. I did. It, it took a lot of work to do that because I fucked myself over because yeah. of the situation that had happened prior. It was stable one minute, and then all of a sudden, it's just like everything just crumbled down. But do, do you think that that them divorcing was like directly the cause of that in your mind? In your, I think that it had a major part of it. Yeah, you think so? I think so. At the time that I was developing, yeah going through puberty and then dealing with that emotional status. And there was a lot of fighting beforehand too. It wasn't a clean break. Right. It was, it was like two to three years of like just constant fucking slamming doors and shit like that. And you, you know, I'm 14, 15. It's not like I'm fucking three or four. I'm not a toddler at this point. <laughs> My right. sister was. My sister was at that point. But you see things a little more clearly at that age. If not the full picture, you see more of the picture. Right. Then you would as like three, four, maybe you have a couple memories if that. Well, yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting because I, I was the same way in high school. Um, I I didn't really give a fuck about anything. And I, I didn't go to school half the time and I got pretty much all Fs. And I just I just didn't really care to be there. And my mom didn't care about me being there. And um, I had that what you went through in those couple of years, that was my whole childhood. I mean, that was, that was every year of my life. Basically when I was with my mom was, was that was the fighting, the abuse, the just toxic environment in general. And, um, then when I was probably about a junior or senior in high school, I, 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 I also came to a realization that, like, I'm not going to be graduating with my friends. Yeah. And, like, that kind of sucks. And you feel the embarrassment and, like, the guilt and, like, what am I doing? Yeah. And, and then and then, then so I actually tried it. And I'm like, wow, I'm actually, like, really good at this. Yeah. Like, school is easy. And then so for my junior and senior year, I got, like, A's and B's and, That's like, some A pluses. I did the same thing. I went to summer school ju between junior and senior year just to catch up on all the shit. Yeah, I just went to a alternative school for, like, a super senior year um, and then graduated in, like, you know, five months or something from being there because it was all accelerated. And that's – and honestly, that's a – it may not seem like it now because of all the things that you've been through since then, but that's a huge fucking, like – accomplishment to be able to acknowledge your your you yourself at that age not a lot of people do it's like i'm fucking up right now i'm not gonna graduate this is embarrassing yeah i need to fucking get my head in the game basically right. and whether that was from influenced by outside sources or whether it was all internal you fucking did it and i knew people that i had friends that didn't graduate that were going through some of the similar experiences that i was going through and they didn't fucking graduate. And then they're still in the same... I know high school friends that are in worse positions now than they were before. Right. And they just loathed in it. But you managed to fucking get over that hump. 
even if you look back and it was like, oh, I was, you know, that was teenage shit. It's like, yeah, it was. But at that time, that was a pivotal moment in your life. Who knows? What if you didn't graduate? Where would you be now? Right. It's a huge moment. So I think that for a lot of people, high school in those years is a huge stepping stone in somebody's life. It's just one of those moments like you're going through so much at once. Puberty, fucking learning how to build relationships, networking, all that stuff. Well, yeah, and and for a lot of people, they're under the impression that when you enter high school, like that's when your personality actually matters. And and who who you are as a person actually matters you because know? now you're networking. You're yeah. trying to build relationships in order to benefit you in the fucking real world once you step into it, which is in four years. Four years goes by like that. Right. Dude, I, when I joined the Marine Corps after when I was 19, I did a four year contract and I'm like, oh, it's basically high school. And then once I got out of it, I was like, holy shit, that went by in like five minutes once I was out. And, I, and then I, I found myself in the same position when I got out of high school. Same exact position. I got. I graduated high school. I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. I took a year, like, maybe I want to do this. Nope, that didn't work. Joined the military. Four years go by again. I get out of the military, and I'm like, fuck. Like, now yeah. what? Now what? Yeah. I, was so, I was so focused on the graduation part. I was so focused on the getting out of the military part where I was like, that's it. I'm done. I've reached the goal. And then that's when you repeat yourself, and you're like, oh, the point of this isn't to reach the goal. The point of it is to keep going even surpass your goal like once you get there don't stop keep fucking adapting and keep going no matter what comes into your life and if you can get over that once you definitely can get over it twice that's why i think high school is probably one of the most pivotal fucking moments in anybody's life in my opinion right it's also kind of bullshit though what do you mean don't you think like like just the the whole the whole from kindergarten to senior year yeah but you're being primed in those years you're being primed yeah but it's like bullshit though uh, yeah know? a lot of it is a lot of it is because it's like it's it's sort of it, it's like this this force thing that you have to be doing and 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 a lot of it especially early on is very important you know learning like english and math and history and all that stuff is, is very important it's not even that it's it's priming you time management it's priming you how to be on time it's priming you how to build connections it's priming you how to social social right all that in yeah. order in order to survive in the real world it's just real world light right diet real world that's yeah. what school was and you spend from ages one or from ages fucking what when is kindergarten three four five to six even preschool so yeah, even younger right so like i went to preschool so i was probably like three four whatever five kindergarten and then first second what all the bullshit abc's one two three mm -hmm. you know what i mean color in the lines uh stop fucking eating glue right <laughs> like you know they're right. priming you to like not be an idiot <laughs> yeah you know it, it's very important especially like early on like before you know preschools and stuff just like a like a daycare of some sort um is very important for like childhood development, development. you work with the kids now mm -hmm. you probably see it a lot of the tendencies that they have you could probably look at a kid and be like i can kind of see where he's going yeah and this is probably what like you can build something based on you don't see that when you're a kid you just see like my favorite color is green. Well, and, and you could also tell the, the behaviors of kids when 
when you see someone who has been in the system from like six months to four or five years old and then somebody who their first time ever in that environment is when they're like four or five. Right. And just the way that they act and, and socialize with the other kids is you can immediately tell like they've never been in this environment before it's the experience and and it's so important to have your kids in an environment like that growing up so they can socialize with other kids because at a certain point they develop very strong personalities early on and in order to survive in this world you have to be somewhat sociable right you know what i mean yeah you, you can't survive alone off of credentials some people can but you have to have the right charisma to fucking sell it because there's a thousand other people that have the same shit that you do you know what i mean it's how are you going to sell yourself how are you going to navigate this person's personality and make it in line with yours to make them uh feel like they that you need to be a part of whatever that they're doing or whatever job that they're offering because they're interviewing fucking they probably interviewed a hundred people this past three four months you know what I mean? Right. How are you going to sell yourself? And then when you land that job, you're like, cool, got it. Like, um, you know, you don't really think too much about it. You're like, I knew I could get that job. If well, you, if you land it, if you know, they're like, I can fucking land this job. And it's not based off of your credentials. Oh yeah. It's the way that you present yourself and your certificate, your certifications, all that stuff. Right. So that social behavior in primary school and in high school, even it, it, it does matter to an extent, in my it's, opinion. No, no, that that's uh, that's actually a very good thought process on that because I like I I know that I would say maybe like before age six, like for for child development being in a social setting is very important yes um but i never i never put it into like throughout your whole childhood that's really an important thing um just because like they've been my main focus several times and now having a kid i'm like like he's been in daycare since six months and we're like this is really important thing for him but it, it's very interesting because that that's so true like you know, so many people go to college and so many people graduate high school and, and then you get this piece of paper that says you did this thing, but, and it's like, yeah, so what? So, so <laughs> many people who have their degree can't land jobs exactly. in the field that they want. Right. And then they end up taking some bullshit and then they get this job that they hate just to sustain them paying off their fucking student loans or whatever debt they, that they may have because they're forced to, because they didn't fucking, they couldn't manage to sell themselves in that p specific fucking mode and that's hard to fucking do right it's really hard to do that's all charisma and social fucking interaction you know? yeah oh okay is it how long are we in yeah. oh shit <laughs> damn we're at 51 minutes already my bad it's up to you <laughs> yeah good well, no but that that's that that's that's interesting <laughs> That's just the way that I see it. Right. Um, I've had to sell my... I don't know sound makes me sound like a fucking prostitute. Like, I've had to sell myself for, like, promotions in the military. Like, I can... Yeah, I, I pass all the physical exams. I pass the physical fitness test. I have my MCIs done. For people that don't know, MCI is Marine Corps Institute. Like, those are your certificates. 
Like you need these to progress. So they have you take these classes. That's done. My physicality's done. What else do I need? Right. It's the fucking selling. Like, why do I deserve this? I have to sell that to you. Like yeah. you have to sell yourself. And it's like you said too, like I wouldn't want to work in the in a gun shop as a fucking salesperson, but I know that, that I could do that if right. it came down to it. I just want to work on the guns themselves. But if it came down to selling somebody, I know that I can in that specific field because I've I have a lot of knowledge about it and I actually enjoy it. Yeah. It's just how do you how do you present it? Yeah, I, I guess it's one of those things that I didn't really think about too too much because i i've always been like a social butterfly very easy to talk to anybody and how do you think all these fucking cult leaders get people to fucking drink the kool-aid dude it's their charisma bro what's his name fucking uh jonestown he got 900 and fucking 90 people to drink the cyanide you have to be a fucking mastermind seller to do that type of shit if you really think about like just (laughs) how he sold it that's fair to get and they were feeding it to their ki- I know it's fucked up, but they were they were like, oh, my kid's going to go to heaven if I drink this fucking Kool-Aid. Right, right. Insane. It, it is insane. <laughs> but yeah. he got him to do it. And then he also got people that uh, were around him that said, if you don't do it, we're going to shoot you. And guess what? They pulled the fucking trigger on those that didn't. How the fuck did you do that? That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You must have had to fucking, I don't know, you sold, I don't know what you did, but you had the charisma. It's also the people, right? Yeah. And Very you can use impressionable it. You, you can use it towards negativity people. and you can use it towards positivity. It's just how you fucking present yourself. And those skills do come in handy. Right. It can be like, it can be the switch where somebody's like, yeah, you know what? He may not have all the certificates, but I fucking like this guy. Right. right. And that has happened. Yeah. No, it does. It does happen. He may not have this that's required for the job, but I fucking feel like he'd be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah, and you can pull the trigger just on charisma alone, as long as you fucking know how to sell yourself. Mm-hmm. It's fucking wild. Yeah, I've well, definitely he- been in a lot of those situations. Yeah, just like you know the confidence. You you know you go into something. That's why they call them con men. Yeah. Confidence man. No, they're fucking. Yeah, that's where the term come from. No, it, do- it doesn't really. Con man, confidence man. Catch me if you can. But is that like a is that like a real that's, thing? Like, look that shit up. That's wow. where con, that's where the term con man comes from. Confidence. Confidence. Wow. Con man. Confidence. Snake oil salesman. Fucking confident. <laughs> They're rolling town to town selling you fucking snake piss, and people are buying it, and it's not doing shit. Why? That's why crazy. are you being sold that? Why is it? Why are people buying it still? It's because you're confident. It don't last forever. It, you can only run so far off of right, it. Right, right. You need the knowledge prior. But then you just like move on to the next yeah. one and then do it all over it's again. It's like fucking crypto scams, pyramid schemes, charisma, dude. If I might make a recommendation, that's Slim showing up right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, we, we can cut it. Yeah. All right, we're, we're, we have a lot more to talk about, but we have to end because we're out of time. Yeah, we're out of time. All right, folks, you want to hit it? I don't know how to do it. You do it. <laughs> All right, click all the things. Click all the things. Subscribe. We, uh, we love you and stuff. I'll flick your nipples. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>